That was good? <laughs> you felt that? All down in my soul. What a way to start the show. So, y'all already know. If you see me, you see we. What it is, Quinn? <clears throat> it's Rad TV. You did. He being extra today, y'all. He really is. So, it's another episode of Rad TV. And, of course, you guys know we've been continuing on with the Black Light Project. Highlighting some uh, black history makers and as well as people who are currently making some history. So, with that being said, we have Jasmine Core sitting here with us today, and she has an amazing story to tell. Um, with all uh, with her specific story, she's been all over different podcasts from CNN to 94.5, the radio station, to also even having her own live broadcast as well. So, I'm gonna give her the floor so that way, because you know, normally I run my mouth all day, but we ain't gonna do it today. We're not gonna do that. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna give her the floor and let her kind of tell you guys some of her story and then um you know of course you guys know tune in with us if you have questions please tune in with please me. ask questions. away so that way we can get your questions asked and jasmine can hear whatever you guys have to say or what questions you may have pertaining to um her story and any of the things that she has going on um as an after effect of her story so talk to us about what you got going on because i know I've, I've sat in on your live broadcast and like you know your story is it's amazing it's traumatic but it's it's amazing Oh, well, first, thank you. Thank you both for allowing me to be here and sharing this um, story. Um, just to kind of give you, <laughs> just to kind of give everybody um, an overview, a quick synopsis of what is taking place. A year ago, um, I was a full-time Uber driver. Uh, I was doing it um, like a lot of Uber drivers do to, for the flexibility to make extra cash and to live out my dreams. And so, you know, at the time I loved it. And um, it was a, this one weekend I picked up a particular rider in Atlantic Station and I'll never forget this ride for the rest of my life. Um, very terrifying ride. Um, we actually... It was a pool ride. If you're familiar with ride share, you understand when you do a pool ride, you share the cost of your ride with others right. um, to cut the cost. Mm -hmm. So I picked up this gentleman at Atlantic Station on a pool ride. And um, as we're going through the ride, I knew he was intoxicated. So I tried to, you know, be very patient with him. When we received another ding for other passengers, he insisted that I disregard those passengers. But as I explained to him, that's just not how it works. So I picked up the passengers, um, and that's when it just went to the next level. He was very um, rude to not only me, but to them, making threats. And um, everyone in the car was very fearful of what was going to take place because mm -hmm. we just we just didn't know uh, what his actions could evolve to. So they asked me to end the trip early. So I dropped him off on the corner of their neighborhood and they asked me for my phone number because they feared for my safety. Right. So I gave them my number so we could stay in communication. And um, Daniel just got worse, progressively worse with his comments and his racial slurs and his threats to the point where I asked him to leave my vehicle while I was going to call the cops. Mm -hmm. When I told him I was going to call the cops, he told me that he's white and he's a white attorney and I'm black and no one will believe me. And I could see him. I'm looking at him directly in my back seat telling me this. And I felt all the burdens of anyone that's ever been silenced on me. Like, this is what happens when you are dealing with someone in power, you know? And I got out the car because I was fearful. And the incident just escalated from there. The 911 phone call, I was able to capture on footage of where he completely fabricated the story. And... um Upon, before the cops arrived to the scene, um, Daniel pretty much attacked me. 
he wouldn't allow me to leave. He jumped mm. on my car, um, prohibited me from escaping. And when I finally was able to flee, he jumped on the hood of my car while I'm trying to escape. And um, go to extreme measures. To yeah, stop it, was, it was very terrifying, <laughs> which I'll share these details in our docu- upcoming documentary called Rise Your Reality. But okay. when the cops did arrive, I didn't feel protected as they're supposed to do. I didn't feel like APD was coming to protect and serve me. I felt like they were coming to put their target on me. And if it wasn't for the witnesses around, I don't know what would happen. But thankfully for those witnesses and thankfully for the footage, he was hauled off to jail for his conduct. And um, from that moment, I felt alone. Like, again, I felt alone from not only law enforcement, I felt alone from my rideshare provider, Uber. Not once did they follow up with me. Not once did they show any concern. Not once were there any type of seamless line of communication for such a traumatic experience. And so mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to remain silent because his voice would overpower mine. So this happened a year ago, and I've been silent ever since. And so now that I'm ready to open to come forward, we have initiative in place, myself and my dear friend, who also was a, a, a Uber driver, Kareem P. Styles. We both have come together to create this initiative called the Ride Share Reality to bring these stories to light that what being a rider, a driver is really like and the incidents that we face and the call to action that we want these ride share companies to take when it comes to our safety. So that's where we are at this point. Wow. So, I mean, like I have like, first of all, thank you for having the bravery to say I'm going to voice this because there's so many people who go through situations <clears throat> and not even ride chairs. You know, there's a lot of traumatic situations where people feel it doesn't necessarily have to be a person of power, but because of the position that they have over that circumstance, they are the person of power mm-hmm. in that situation. So you feel I have to be stifled because then you feel like they're going to stomp on your throat, whatever exactly. you have to say. So it takes a lot of bravery and courage just to say, I'm going to speak out. I, I, I'm very fearful that they might be right, that they may stifle me, but I'm going to speak out. So I commend you on just having the bravery and the strength to say, I'm going to do this. Because, you know, in this day and age, with all the things that have transpired between the police and mm-hmm. the minority communities, mm-hmm. that there are so many of us who, you know, are going through these things. And, you know, we just sweep it under the rug because we feel like whatever it happens every day, I guess I might as well and get over it. Nobody going to help. Like, and nobody's going to listen. Listening, listening to this story, I kind of, I'm a visual person, so I'm seeing it happening mm-hmm. all over again. I got daughters. Mm-hmm. I have sisters. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even picture them being in that position and not being, and feeling helpless. Like you exactly. said, you felt the burdens of everybody who was silent. And in my head, I took it deeply. Every everything in the past like for 50 60 stuff like mm-hmm. that like all of that was just on your shoulder at that time mm-hmm. and you was back in that place like nobody shouldn't have to go through that at all so that's <laughs> that's crazy just me picturing it and i can hear it in your voice you reliving it all over again, over again. so man that's shout out to you for feeling comfortable and like you saying being brave enough to talk about that again I'm angry just listening at the story. <laughs> you can't help but to feel that way. Like, it's, it just exactly. caused you to get angry, you exactly. know? So, my question for you is, even with... So, when you are when you were there and when you were in the situation, and, you know, I hate to take you back to it, but, I mean, like, I'm picturing it in my head, and I'm I'm trying to really feel and absorb some of what you were going through. So, when you were there and then you saw this man who has caused, which I'm sure at this point, you know... 
the the scene itself being hours of trauma, but now you have lingering trauma afterwards. And when you see this man being put into handcuffs, because that right there is just a small, you know, like speck of gold, the small silver lining in this dark situation. So when you saw this man being put into handcuffs, did you have a sigh of relief at all? Was there any part of you that felt like, this Maybe this will be a little better. Maybe like this it. won't be what I thought it would be. No. No? Well, Even okay. when seeing him being placed in the handcuffs, I still didn't feel like I was being safe because at the moment I'm filling out a police report, putting my physical home address on there and putting my name and he knows he knows what kind of car I drive, he knows my license plate. Like so all this time I'm still thinking about my family, my family's safety, mm-hmm. me, like He's already told me no one's going to believe me. He's already told me he's an attorney. I don't know what can happen. I don't know what he can do at this point. So I still didn't feel safe. I knew that the he wouldn't be in there forever. Mm-hmm. And I knew that one day this person who has this much hatred for someone who doesn't look like them will one day be released again. Right. What happens when that type of person goes back into society? There's no rehabilitation when you spend 24 hours in jail for disorderly conduct. You're, you do a slap on the wrist and you're out. So... Again, I just was fearful of the next rider, the next driver that comes encounter with this person, or what if he, you know, gets a hold of my address and I don't know. It's just I just didn't feel peace. I still didn't feel peace right. seeing him hauled away to jail. Plus, he he already let you know, look, I'm this type of person exactly. and you believe me. So I and his profession mm-hmm. lets you know, like he know the ins and out of the system. You say twenty four hour hell, that might have been max twenty four hour being his status and his occupation so that being that happened did that change the way you approached uber driving after that or did you quit or gosh that was a a roller coaster of emotions for itself um immediately leaving the scene i needed to access my money so i could just get some gas and i can get a few personal items and head home uber suspended my account so i could not access my funds so that alone put a very distasteful um, image in my head of the company as a whole because I'm the one that you know is is a victim of the situation so um yeah so commercial break <laughs> but um yeah so um sorry y'all just just bear with me um one, okay. one thing about this experience is just it is, and I thank you again for commending me on the bravery, but it does set me back having to tell the story over and over again, mm-hmm. only because... I saw it in your face. Yeah. Just I having to... Like, oh. I could tell and when I you first... I tissues, like, with tissues at... I could right tell when here. you first started, right. you know, that, like, right. it, it, it was... You know, emotional. Very, very y'all know we gotta have commercial breaks every mm-hmm. once in a while, right. so, you know, y'all gotta listen out for that. Look look for the commercial breaks. But we always come back. We always, right, we always come back to you. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had to take a tissue break. I'm sorry. This is very emotional for me, y'all. But, um, yeah, so after them suspending my account, that was just put a bad, bad taste in my mouth. And then I contacted them to explain the incident. Again, I felt no emotional support. I felt no support at all. So, um, actually, I didn't leave my house uh, for a couple of weeks. I didn't drive for a couple couple weeks because I just was terrified and when I finally was able to get behind the wheel again I had a panic attack I literally a guy was behind me and he was moving a lot and I just couldn't see what he was doing and I had to pull over and I asked him you know hey I'm sorry but I'm not able to, to complete this ride just because I was just so 
scared and terrified. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. That was my first time back on the road after that incident. And I just wasn't ready. Right. And so I just had to seek other ways of income, which was another story in itself. But yeah, so wow. for me, it's the experience going forward. And that was terrifying. It still terrifies me to this day. My question, if you think you would have been a male, you think that situation would have played out the same way? Um, it's hard to say only because the, the other passenger that we picked up was a male and mm-hmm. he was threatening to kick his, can I, yeah, yeah, he was, he was like, <laughs> I'll kick your ass. Like he was physically, he was threatening to try to physically harm this man. And so I guess gender played no role to him. Like he had no mm-hmm. fear of any gender and, and the other person was also Caucasian. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was just Invincible in I don't believe if my gender was different. I still okay. think he probably would have, you know, displayed right. the same actions that he did. Mm, that's that, I don't, that liquid curve is so yeah, else, it's, 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 it reveals the truth. Right. So I'm gonna touch some of these comments that we have um coming in here, Jasmine, and then That'll give us a break, you know, from me talking. Welcome Welcome back. I'm sorry. Anybody who, yes, sorry about the commercial breakout. Anybody who has questions, comments, uh, concerns, anything that you may want to know or hear uh, from Jasmine, if you posted it in the um, before the commercial break, please repost your questions. So sorry about that, guys. I really am. No shooting y'all shots. Um, (laughs) And and thank you again. Much love, (laughs) blessings, and light to all of our fans for tuning in because it would not be an us without you guys. So definitely saying that to you um, now. Um, okay, let me see names. I'm sorry. Who is this? This is Miss B. Yeah. She asked, okay, she has two questions. The first question was, why did they suspend your account? And her second question was, <laughs> did, oh, she said, I don't even know if I should repeat this, Miss B. She said, did you Google the crazy white man's name? And was he as powerful <laughs> as what he said he was? Okay, Miss B, only because this um, situation is really getting into like, um, it's um, racial, it's law. It's, um, no name. Right, it's, it's no around name. law and it's around politics. We go. We gonna. We gonna scratch the question. Um, yeah, we just not gonna get. No but money. you definitely at the end of the live, <laughs> we'll make sure that you guys know any and all of the platforms that Jasmine's story has been shared on, because you will be able to find out who this gentleman was and what role he plays in our society. Yeah, just so stay tuned, stay tuned stay you guys, tuned. and make sure you you pay attention um, to everything that she has going on. Um, so my next question would be um, the DIP program. I myself am an Uber driver. Um, I do Uber Eats, but still drive for Uber. Um, and I have multiple friends who do Uber as well as Lyft. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them have had different experiences. We have a close friend that that's his main source of income. Right. All he does is Uber to pay his bills. So I think, you know, just the program itself is amazing. Um, I'm a, I'll let you recap what the program is and all of its incentives and initiatives for Uber drivers or, you know, any ride share app because there are so many of them out mm-hmm. here that are like that. Even for 
you know, the people who are doing, because either way you're dealing with customers. Right. So even the people who are, you know, doing delivery services, you still have to a point where you're dealing with a customer. You're going to someone's First home. Out, right. You know what I'm saying? It's a stranger. It's still a stranger. So talk to us more about, you know, DIP and um, what it stands for and how and what DIP signifies for you specifically. Okay. Well, what... um. Like I mentioned, my partner and I, Kareem, what we're trying to push forward is really bringing forward these testimonials to the light so mm-hmm. Uber and all these rideshare companies can hear that there are real driver incident issues out there. So right. uh, it's an acronym for driver incident um, program where we're just hoping to better streamline the process when an incident occurs, whether it be a virtual training at the beginning when you sign up as an Uber, how to handle difficult tra- difficult rides, how to practice good self-defense mechanisms, maybe even just having some type of um, directory where drivers can go uh, when there is an incident, maybe therapy, therapy sessions, maybe um, some type of self-defense courses, discounts for these type of services. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to be preventive and not reactive mm-hmm. and encourage these companies gotcha. to be preventive. Um, so right now, in order to gain their attention and gain this momentum, we're pushing our ride share reality platform okay. where um, it'll be a documentary capturing as many testimonials as possible, um, really just getting their feedback for how they feel about their safety because it's not a safe line of work and it would be a very much easier um job to do if that was at the beginning you know what i mean like not because if you look on all the websites and all their platforms they're pushing oh safe ride safe drive safe ride safe drive (laughs) well are you listening to us when we tell you we're being harassed like cosmo exactly cosmo Cosmo just did an article on 11 different women that have been sexually harassed and what the pro the policy that Uber has in place now does not cover harassment and mental habilitation for harassment and sexual harassment and sexual assault and those type of things which will make it difficult for someone to get back on the road. So we're just trying to find some type of medium for when these incidents occur, not just to slap on your wrist and say, I apologize. Because what happened with me, they did a public apology with uh, CBS News and that was it. Again, no communication to me, the actual driver. I was a 4.9 out of a five-star driver. I was even told by them countless times, rewarded by the company, that I was one of the top-rated drivers in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you forget about your top driver? But how that, do you not follow up with me? That just shows you that, maybe I'm getting trouble for saying No, this, but, go ahead. That just shows you that they don't care and you interchangeable. Like, yeah, you're doing good, but... Okay, now you got a problem. We finna wash our hands. We ain't even washing our hands. We, we just gonna toss you to the I'm side and get somebody. Yeah. I'm another number. So that's just, it's annoying, man. It's it's crazy to see that that's happening. And But big corporations are known to do stuff mm-hmm. like that. They don't care. Because mm-hmm. we just a body mm-hmm. at that point. Keeping the seat warm for somebody else, you know. Mm-hmm. So... It, and that's really it makes me mad just to even think about stuff like that. You're right. And that's really where we're, where we're trying to do the... Um, we're just really trying to hold them accountable um, and just really push the button. Just really push the button to get them to hear, to get them to hear us. And the best way you can do it is by sharing your voice, you know, so using your platform. You think um, maybe like if Uber installs something where every person who does Uber or Uber Eats has to have like a body camera or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you think that ultimately... I definitely think if if um, passengers were aware that there is a camera um, at the beginning and end of your trip, that they probably will behave mm-hmm. in a more civilized manner. 
you know, that's that's always a gamble, but I do believe that it's a step. Um, but for me, I think just feeling alone was the biggest thing. Because when you sign up for this, we understand it's a contractual position. We understand mm-hmm. that you're signing up for this and that uh, Uber is your um, partner, not necessarily your employer. We get that. The issue is I felt alone. I felt by, I felt silent. I felt muffled. I felt like I had no one to call. Like, if you're my partner and you're telling me I can't have a weapon, mind you, they're telling me I can't have any weapon during a transaction. Mm-hmm. How do I remain safe? What is your suggestion for me to remain safe? What do you, what, what do you, do you want to call me back? How about a call <laughs> back just to say, hey, you well, okay? Check on me. You know, that's, just, that's human nature. Like, hey, you okay? Uh, yeah. Nice little follow-up. Follow up. <laughs> uh, I mean, and then the first time that you do fall short, even as the driver, like, I mean, all hell rains all down. Oh, yeah, you get deactivated really instantly. I mean, like, if you look into, you know, like, and I know for you, and I'm sure you probably have um, seen and heard, there's a, saw all the different stories that maybe have come to pass, you know, before and after mm-hmm. yours. But, like, you know, the current story that's in the news is the Uber Eats driver mm-hmm. with, you know, with mm-hmm. the gun mm-hmm. or whatever. And, I mean, that was self-defense. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't about, like, oh, I'm about to go in here and shoot up people. You know, he went to deliver an order. They were rowdy. And he was... You know, he really felt like, uh uh-uh, my safety is at risk here, you know? And so he defended himself appropriately, which is what in my, you know, me being a parent, not just being an Uber driver, as a parent, if my son was to be in that situation, I would want him to be able to defend himself. So if, you know, if he felt like, you know, a gun, a bat, you know, his fist, whatever was going to be appropriate, I would want him to properly assess the situation and be able to defend himself because... He's only doing this this because, you know, just like like Rad TV and us, you open the platform right, for him right. to be able to do it. And now that he's out here and he's doing this and the incentive behind doing it is now you're going to pay him. But there's also risks and, you know, things that happen with opening yourself up to this platform. So now that someone has done so, you have to be able to take some accountability with saying you would not be there if it were not for me. So, you know, I really, I think that the, the story itself, there's so much, you know, grasp here that people really need to pay attention to and really be able to key in and lock in. Because I think when we as, as a people, when we stand together and we are united, when we much. are united and when we say enough is enough, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes and a difference. Our and voice is so much stronger. We say it, but then, like me and my sister were saying, We'll say it and be in it for the moment. Mm-hmm. But we got to say it and stick with it. Mm-hmm. Good and bad, ups and downs. Once we get to that level and we actually do that, it's going to be a problem. Did y'all know it's a black uh, version, black-owned uh, version of Uber? It's called Moving. I don't know if it's here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but it's a black-owned version of Uber. Mm-hmm. So I try to tell everybody that, that I know do Uber about that I just learned about maybe two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Y'all check that out. Yeah. Maybe that will be different because it's owned by us. Mm-hmm. So, but, but also, y'all being, both of y'all being women, obviously, and doing Uber or some form of it, do, especially with you, you actually have to get out and go to these people's doors. For Uber East. Yeah, for mm-hmm. Uber East. Are you ever, does that ever cross your mind? Like, damn, what if this the wrong person on the right date? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That Does that ever, and what is your time frame for scheduling like the hot spots the peak times and stuff like that um like the peak time for the, the for the deliveries 
Well, I mean, usually like like regular like restaurant time. So if a restaurant has like you know their rush hours or dinner hour, lunch hour, you know, drivers is typically the same thing. So someone who's at home working from home, um, you know, pregnant mom, you know, whatever, or you know, just busy family. That's typically when they're ordering peak dinner time. So between five to nine thirty, depending on the person. Um, and for me, um, I have not had that thought cross my mind went out doing uber uber eats driving however um in the times that i have done it i'm normally i have someone on the phone so they can hear whatever is going on with me um i know uber does have like you know the share location app so because i i was telling kareem before we got into I me mean, telling jasmine before we got into this how my mom is very very overprotective so now every time i go out I share my location, you know, or just share myself in the app before going. So at any Smart. given so at any given point in me being live, she could just click on Smart. click on it and be like, Where are you at? Right. You know, so she can see where, where I am and what I'm doing. So I haven't thought of that because if sure. any of y'all have a mama like I got a mama, she uh That's smart. She see anything that's that looks suspect, uh uh-uh. uh. So are y'all technically allowed Uber Eats and Uber Driver? Cause I I love Uber. I think it's the best thing going right now. <laughs> One, cause I'm lazy, <laughs> and two, cause it's better than Marta. Sorry, Marta, but <laughs> but it's like, are y'all allowed, especially the the regular Uber drivers? Are y'all allowed to pick up passengers with people in the car? If it's just like not a not a uh, line or no. booth, y'all not. No, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to report these. People. Yeah, cause people do it, <laughs> and I, I've had people pick me up before with another person in the car with them, and it's been women majority of the time. Actually, anytime someone is right. is two people in the car that are not a part of a pool line, it's two women, and I empathize and I understand because you you want you want somebody with you because you right, feel right. you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And to go back to your question about peak times, I liked Uber because I could choose my schedule. So right. I would choose my schedule based off high chance of making the most money. The most money is weekends and late hours the and during the raining. Exactly. Like I picked up this particular gentleman. It was close to 2 a.m. Mm. So that's the time when I knew I would go out, I'll make my rent money in less than two days. Like I can make everything I need to make in, in two days that's, and go about my life and live the rest of my week and not need to do anything else. That's always my fear because like I said, I take Uber and anytime I'm with a female, I'm, I have a female driver, I ask them, hey, look, what's y'all schedule and do y'all be scared because I don't care what, what, it's, men look at women like, okay, I can try her. Mm-hmm. Because y'all are female and they feel more dominant. I say they like I'm not mad. <laughs> at times we feel like, okay, we can take advantage of them. We know you don't fit that description. We know. <laughs> Hold up. <now. laughs> I meant the aggressive one. Stop. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like so, she meant the right. So, so it's like I'm. I be fearful, and I'm the passenger fearful for those. So I would always suggest, hey, look, I know that's the peak hours, but look, get somebody. I tell them, get somebody to ride with y'all at this time, because one, you got that club crowd. You know what's going on in the clubs. Everybody getting tips and lit. And folks, once they get that liquid courage in them, obviously, if they a whole nother person or their true selves the come true out, man, come out. like, bro, this is my job right now. I want to come into your job, your place of business, and act a fool. Mm-hmm. You you cutting up? My partner told me you don't put plenty of people out, but I didn't know y'all wasn't allowed technically to have weapons and all that, which is crazy, especially if y'all out doing late night after twelve o'clock here after ten thirty. 
is is it's just too dangerous for me. Like, it's a dangerous line of work. Men and women, because sometimes dudes get in the car and they like inebriated. I like that word. For the <laughs> Look at you. I, like I see it. you adding to yeah. your dictionary. <laughs> yeah, quenchinary. That's what we got. Oh, quenchinary. Excuse so, me. So it's like, even with the dudes, dudes ain't fighting no more. Mm-hmm. So, well, somebody get in your car already with the pistol or whatever. And that's a whole nother situation. I think they need to push or whatever I can do to help your situation. Help push towards getting some type of mace or some which I Uber drive because it's crazy, especially for females. Like I say, I just think about what my daughter could be doing and I'd be down. <laughs> I'd be down, man. So I think it's like a clear defined oxymoron that kids mm-hmm. can walk into schools with guns and weapons hmm. but uber drivers are not allowed to carry mm-hmm. a bat or mace mm-hmm. i just think that that's amazing right. that's i can be eight, i can be 18 years old and go pick up you know a, a sniper mm-hmm. rifle right. I mean, like a, 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 a military <laughs> a military gray mm-hmm. multi-round weapon <laughs> but you could be in your 30s mm-hmm. Driving for Uber out here trying to make car. honest money in my own car right. on my own time to do what I need to do to fend for my family and I can't have protection. I think, yeah, that's ludicrous. I can't. But yeah. I, think, I think it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I mean, it it just... So your only defense is... It's baffling. They call out yeah. your car. That's and, it. That's and, it. And it's in a well-lit area from what I was told. <laughs> because when I called to make my complaint, I was told by the lady I spoke with, so sorry to hear this happen to you. Just keep in mind for future reference to always drop passengers off in a well-lit area. I was <laughs> done at that point. I was just done at that point. So, um, so my, my next question for you, and um, then we can get into where all of your stories and things are, are posted at, is I saw, you know, on your social media, and I actually saw it um, beforehand because, you know, when I was brought to see your live broadcast mm-hmm. and, you know, Brandy told me about your story and what you had going on. Of course, I'm like, oh, Google. So I went to go look up some things, but I saw it on your Instagram as well, the CNN article uh, screenshot where they said they had attempted to reach out to you on multiple occasions and you just, you know, you egged them, you curved them. Curves. So like, curved. all so the way. Swerve to side. That's why I'm like, you curved CNN, girl. CNN, Fox 5, That's gangster, right? 11. That's After I've curved everybody. <laughs> A few publications reached out to me for, for weeks. Like, my phone would not stop ringing. My emails were going crazy. And how are they getting all that information to even contact you? How do they <laughs> get that? The power of the internet is real. Right. Like wow. I was so, I couldn't, that's again, going back to my original concern when I saw this person being called off, how can they get back to me? I know they can get back to me. If you have this position, you can figure out where I am. So anyway, yeah, they were able to um, get my contact information. I'm assuming yellowpages.com. I'm not sure what it was there, but I'm assuming your question was going to be why now? Yeah. Um, like I said, it happened a year ago. Um, um, just straight terror, terrified, honestly. Um, people see the story today. Some of my close friends actually call, have been calling me over the past two days in shock. I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, only my close circle knew. And that was just because... It was truly traumatizing. 
You know, it was truly traumatized. I've never looked hatred in in the eyes like that. I've never looked and felt threatened the way I did that night. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. For so many times I asked God, why me? Like, why was I, why did this happen to me? I, I exude nothing but love. I love all people, no matter if you're purple, green, orange, white. I love you. I love everyone from all walks of life why would this happen to me why would someone directly target and hate me when all I try to do is exude love so for so long I was confused I didn't know what so I just had to for this last year I just had to go through the the wheels that come with when you go through a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. realization healing um all those steps and so I finally arrived to a place where I felt like not only was the female voice growing momentum and it was so strong, but I felt like I had a tribe of supporters behind me now. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I was to come out and be open about my my truth and be vulnerable, um, it would be received and it could help people. Mm-hmm. Because in June, after going through, I went when I went through in March, I saw an incident in June where Uber driver was was stabbed and hacked from the back of his seat only two minutes Mm. into his ride and later died at the hospital so i had to watch that story from my home and like wow like wow and then watch more stories i read an article on cosmo about 11 women that was harassed as uber drivers i was like wow okay something isn't something is still not right or this these incidents are still occurring so i just i felt the the call to speak out um and i feel I feel okay now. I feel that, um, I just feel that I have people that are behind me and that support me. And, um, I just, I just can't sit here and not say anything anymore. And not only that, when I was approached by CNN in January and they were informed me that the person that was involved in this incident with me has been promoted to a very high ranking position under <laughs> Trump's administration. Of course. I was just like, my life has been flipped upside down since this incident. I can't right. sleep. I can't find employment because this is plastered all under my name on Google. Mm-hmm. But yet this person was able to make it all disappear. Meaning when you Google prior to the CNN article, if you Google this person, you wouldn't see anything, not even a mugshot. Right. But the moment you look my name up, because it's a very uncommon name, the first two pages, nothing but the incident. So I would get asked about this incident in interviews, in my personal life, in my professional life. It just wouldn't escape me. I couldn't escape it, period. I would I would Google my name sometimes just to see it. Right. And I was just like, it's there. Jasmine is here. It happened. Don't let it just sit there. Do something. So mm-hmm. at this point, it was just like, you have to speak out. And that's... That's the, the, the true amazement of it because I was going to ask this question, but in you talking, it just already answered the question that when you had all those, those whys, all those, mm-hmm. you know, emotions and the, the different roller coasters that you had to go through to make it to this point, I was going to ask you, did you find the why not? But clearly that you did, because now you are that advocate, you are that that speaker, that voice, that face for this movement. You know, I mean, obviously the, the DIP program is something that's very great that's going to come out of this. But the initial, you know, factor, the initial aftermath is really that it's it's you. It's you that came out of it. It's you that brought, you know, light to something that had so much darkness over it. And it still does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that now you are able to really channel that light in a different in a different manner right. to really give these other people and these other drivers in this profession because it is just that it's a profession mm-hmm. you know to say that you know 
maybe I can't speak on this myself because they're going through what you went through, but I know there's a voice out here right. for me. Mm-hmm. I know somebody's going to say yeah, it. Yeah. Right. I, I can't speak right now, but somebody's going to speak for me. And then because there's so many people that you need it. Exactly. You need it. You can't, I don't have the strength to do that. But let me, let me whisper in, in the ear to someone who can be my voice. Right. Someone because it can li- who done made it through. Exactly. Right. It can literally be just that. So, um, Everybody who's tuning in, I'm sorry. I know we had a few commercial breaks this time more than usual. Um, But I do want to let you guys know um, that Rad TV is also on a podcast. I'm going to start putting it into the link into the... um, at the end of the live so you guys can download the app and find us the app is called anchor and you can look us up it's rad tv just that um r-a-d capital t-v and look us up and you'll be able to hear the whole audio file of this episode as well as hear from jasmine um on that um on that podcast so make sure you guys look us up so jasmine give us all your social media handles where else we can hear the story how we can follow your movement because i'm sure there's so many viewers now who they want to stand behind you even if it's something simple guys as sharing a post you know being being there for you know a movement a a boycott Mm -hmm. you know whatever it is it's it's the little things that you feel like I don't have time or the people who are fearful of the things that you're going through. I don't want it to affect my job, my family, my kids. There's small things that you could do that can help someone else. That can help the movement, help the cause. So give us every, any and everywhere where we can find you and find your story. Absolutely. Um, social media wise, you all can find me on Instagram, the real dot violet rose. That's T H E R E A L dot violet V I O L E T rose R O S E. Um, the real violet rose. You can follow the hashtag rise share reality. Like if you want to share something, if you want to speak out, um, please use the hashtag rise share reality. Um, share it. Definitely follow up. We'll be dropping a documentary very, very soon. Um, the, ri- the documentary is Rise Share Reality, so you can't miss that as well. Um, what else? Um, please share, share, share with your family, with your friends. Again, a lot of people drive for Uber. Um, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. A lot of people, mothers, dads, brothers, sisters, uncles, a lot of people drive for Uber. So share the information and um, just stay on the lookout. Like if you connect with us, you'll see the movements we're going going through is myself and my partner, Kareen. Um, she's I am forever love. I am forever love. Um, you'll see all of our movements out there and what we have going on. We'll, we plan to host some sessions, some meetups, some protests. Uh, we just plan to do a lot over the next couple weeks. So Stay tuned and just, again, share it. Please just share the information and uh, keep us in your prayers as we fight this. Definitely. The injustice must be fought, I'm telling you, and it doesn't stop here. So I know some people think, you know, getting on a live or, you know, talking about something is is for likes and shares. But this is, it's it's a movement, you guys. It's a reality that we have to face. That It's real. It happens every day and we have to face it and deal with it. So um, it's 2018. It Man, is we 2018. Still got this crap going on. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, everything is a cycle. Everything comes back around. That's so. exactly what I said in that moment. I was like, "This is not real." Like yeah. in that moment, I think I froze. Like I think I had an out of body experience for a second. Where it was just like, yeah. like "Is this <laughs> really happening?" This, he didn't just say that to me. He didn't what? really mean this to me. He didn't mean that, and, and he meant it. So, 
Um, yeah. So and yeah. That's stronger than a black woman. That's all I'm thinking. You know what? I receive that. You yeah. know, I receive that because I need this strength, that. y'all. Because it is hard to tell the story over and over again. So again, you know, just just support the movement, push it forward, and um, keep us in your prayers. Mm. Definitely. Well, Jasmine, do you have any other um, interviews? Any other large media following coming up? that we should be aware of because I know I'm definitely interested. I'm following her on all <laughs> on all of the social media so yeah. I can receive it as well. Well, um, we have a few things in line that I really want you to um, all stay tuned as we roll these things out. Uh, we are going to try to get the documentary on a major, major platform um, in the next couple of weeks. So I think that's really my main focus is just catching these testimonials. Okay. And so... Um, Really, different publications have been rolling in, and with the scheduling, we're just trying to get everything scheduled at the right time. So just follow us on our social media and follow the hashtag so you can stay up to date. We did the Streets 94.5 this morning. Shout out to Mo Quick and the Streets team for having us in the building today doing that. They have that interview posted on YouTube. Check out the CNN article. Although I wasn't responsive, um, might do a follow-up with them as well. You never know. So just you know, just stay tuned for all the different rollouts. And if I could just share one last thing with yeah. your viewers, um, one thing that I really wanted to make sure I shared with people is that if you're ever a witness to injustice being silent is the worst thing that you can do mm-hmm. um, and I battled with that myself for during this year so trust me I'm taking a page out of my own book but something that really hurt me during that incident was I screamed for help I screamed for help there were it's court I was on Cortland there are countless people on Cortland no matter yeah. what time at the end of the day they all watch they all watch I even had a guy that was driving, hear me scream, stop, and was like, hey, pretty mama, you pretty. Let me get your number. I can't help you, you know. Let me wow. get your number. Because, you know, I'm drunk. That's so Atlanta. I can't call the cops. I don't want to get a DUI. And I'm just like, fucking kid, man. dude, really, like, <laughs> screaming, y'all. Like, I had, I literally left my car, and I was on foot tracking down a police officer so they can get to me before the 911 responders sent their um, officers to me because I just didn't know what would take place. So, again, mm-hmm. if you ever witness injustice, you can call nine one one, leaving the scene. You can you can do something. Right. You know you can just kind of stay away and, and make sure the person's safe. You know just just you know be be a Samaritan. Um, try to be a good citizen. That's all. That's okay. my only thing. I'm telling you guys, it's it's the small yeah. things that that will help and change the things that are going on. So again, I commend you. Um, I know some of you guys have said some comments on here. Some of you may just be responding to what we have going on. Um, Miss B's coming at us again. She mm-hmm. said, "Jasmine, your interview was so was so real and touching. You are so brave. Thank you for sharing and making a difference by sharing your story. You're amazing." Oh, um, Deja said, uh, "Hashtag ride share reality. You're so strong." So of course, um, Jasmine will have an opportunity to go back and look through the live. You're tagged in this as well. Okay. So once the live is over, any of you guys who want to, you know, continue to send that that love. You know, that's been my thing lately. Blessings, love, and light. You got to send it out to each and every person that you see. So you know, if you guys have that, just because Jasmine needs the strength right now. Trust me, I can feel it and see. Which is why I'm trying to hug on her while we here because it's hard. It's hard. No matter what it is that you're sharing whenever you take a piece of yourself and put it out there you can't get it back once you put it out there so to every day go on to you know a a radio show a podcast a live and talk over and over and over again like I I couldn't imagine I don't know if I could do what you do because eventually it would get tiring I'd be like all right y'all leave me right don't talk to me no more go look at the live over there if you want to hear the story look I look what's your phone number I'm gonna take it to ask them Call one of them over there. Ask them what I said. Like, that's what y'all gonna do is play telephone anyway. So, 
<laughs> I want y'all to be safe out there, man. I really want all my ladies and my queens and my kings out there to just be safe on this road and love yeah. one another, you know. Thanks. Exude love, pour out love in every ride that you get into. That's my prayer for all of y'all. Love goes a long way, people. It does. Like, it definitely. It, it, it energizes you. Like, you know how tiresome it is to, to be, be angry and so, hate people? Like, so tiresome. Yeah. He had to go to Grady because he was in pain. Because he was with the rolling Grady on for my a car. Whole bunch of <laughs> Oh, well, he, he got his exercise for tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, speak your truth, he, my brother. He speak definitely would have been in Grady for a whole bunch of other people. Well, we glad that wasn't you. That's our end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, take us home, Quinn. Take, take us, us home. home. So, for, for Miss Elaine, just Elaine. Just Elaine. Be good, daughter. We'd like to say thank you for sharing your story on our platform. Absolutely. And uh, I ain't going to be long today, man. I got too much to y'all. We gone. <laughs> we love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in with, with Rand TV. As she said earlier, there will be no us without y'all. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go on the end. We love y'all. <laughs> love y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all.